Praise the Lord. Welcome to this sharing on our Tuesday teachings. Those of you who attended our last Sunday services, I promise that today on Tuesday we'll be handling the, an, another aspect of the life of David because we have been looking at David from shepherd boy to a king. How the young shepherd boy rose up and became a king. We're able to look at David and his relationship with his father. David caught up with the interests of his father. David and his re- relationship, example, his relationship with the prince. How David served King Saul in spite of the fact that Saul was a rejected king. How David handled his job in the army. David and his relationship with leadership. David and his passion for God, David as a seeker of God, and today we are actually looking at David, a builder of men. David, a builder of men. I said last Sunday that because of time, I didn't want us to enter into that because it was a very, very important aspect of the life of David. When God has given a work to a man to do, one of the most important things that a man needs are men. And you will not have men unless you build the men that will stand with you for that work. You don't go to take men from another person's work to come and use them. So let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 22 from verse 1 to 3. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And David was actually running away from King Saul, who was looking for him to kill him. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. So his family members followed him because definitely if King Saul got them, King Saul would equally have killed them. But there was another group. From verse 2, all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered round him and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. 400 discontented men, 400 men in distress, 400 men indebted, 400 men who were running away from the law, 400 men that can be described the bad men of the society, the bad guys of the society, 400 men that were actually the good-for-nothing men that no one would like to associate with them. They gathered around David. For many people, those are the type of people that will run away from. But David became their leader. David, the leader of the debtors. David, the leader of the discontented. The leader of those in distress. The leader of the disgruntled. The leader of those who were constantly complaining. Who were always ready to fight. The leader of those who were called criminals. That was the raw material David started with. God always gives us men 
that he will use us to build in order that they may fit into the work that he has called us to do. God does not give us prefabricated co-workers. He will bring such men around us in order that we may build them to become the right people, shaped into the likeness of Christ in order that God may use them mightily to accomplish something great in his kingdom. The first time the Lord Jesus Christ met Peter and knew that his name was Simon, he says, you are Simon, son of, son of John, but you will no longer be called Simon, you will be called Cephas. Interpreted mean a rock. Jesus had a clear goal that he was going to transform these uh, unstable Peter, unstable Simon into a rock. And that is exactly what he finally did of Simon. So David started with such raw materials. People that no one will want. People that were, were problem causer everywhere. And what did these people actually become having associated with David? That's what the building of men is. In the building of people, you start with those that nobody wants. You start with those that have been rejected by everyone. You start with those that everybody is complaining against them exactly the way God started with you because everybody can be transformed and can become useful in the hand of God. Chapter 23, 2 Samuel, from verse 8. These are the names of David's mighty men. Initially, they were not the David's mighty men. They were, these are the names of the debtors. These are the names of the disgruntled. These are the names of the criminals around David. These are the names of those who were discontented. These are the names of the disloyal. These are the names of people who are always looking to fight, who are always waiting to kill. These are the name of names of the armed robbers. They were the, 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 these were their names. Before they were not called the mighty men, these are the criminals that David had gathered around him. Gathered around David as bad men and having interacted with David, they very soon they are called the names of David's mighty men. Let's just look at a few of them. Joseph, Bashabeth, Be Bashabeth, a Tacmolite, was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Who will ever know that this man will one day become such a great warrior? Who would ever have known that this debtor, this discontented, this, uh, this gruntled fellow, this criminal was one day going to become such a mighty man of David. Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Ahoite. As one of the three mighty men, he was with David when the taunted the Philistine gathered at Pass Damin for battle. Then the men of Israel retreated, but he stood his ground and struck down the Philistine till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. One man stood his ground. 
We don't know who this man was before. Maybe he was one of those worst criminals. And his interaction with David, his association with David, had transformed that criminal to become one that when all Israel had retreated, ran away, he stood his ground and he hit the enemy, he fought the enemy until the enemy fled before him and the troop retreated. The, the troop came back. The troop returned to him only to strip the dead. Next to him was Shammah, son of Agede Hararite. When the Philistine banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel troops fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistine down and the Lord brought about a great victory. The Lord brought about a great victory because of this man called Shammah, a former criminal who associated with King David. And because of that, he was transformed from a criminal to become a great warrior. That's the building of men. People who come in with nothing, able to do nothing, with terrible character, and have been transformed to become people, the type of people that God will mightily use in his kingdom. People who come in disgruntled, distorted, people who come in criminals, and by their association with the builder of men, the builder of men transformed them into people who have become useful in the purposes of God. Verse 13. During harvest time, three of the 30 chief men came down to David at the cave of Adullam, where a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. At that time, David was in the stronghold and the Philistine garrison at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone will get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty men broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it for me, O Lord, to do this, he said. Is it not the blood of men? Is it, is it not the blood of men who went at the risks of their lives? David could not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty men, doers of exploit, totally loyal, who could risk their lives just to meet the, just the wishes of David. So the people who come today, that may be called the good for nothing, the useless, Tomorrow will be the loyal men if only they meet the right person with the right spirit and who knows what God wants from these men. That God start with the useless of the society and God transform the useless of the society to become useful in his kingdom. And there is none of us that God did not start with us like that. Paul himself could say, though he was the chief of sinners, a chief of sinners 
the Lord took him and transformed him into one of the greatest apostles that lived. Verse 18. Abisha, the brother of Joab, son of Zeroah, was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 300 men whom he killed, and so he became as famous as the three. What are we saying, brethren? We are saying that David got people that nobody wanted and David transformed them into people that everybody wanted. David got people that nobody wanted to associate with because of their bad character, because they were actually called useless and transformed them into people that everybody wanted to associate with. He produced them into mighty men, the giant killers. The army commanders, the loyal companions, he transformed them into his bodyguards. The greatness of a man is not just is not known by just what he does or what he has, but how many people he has transformed to be able to do the same thing that he himself is doing, or equally to be able to have almost the same type of thing that he has. A mighty man is a builder of men. A mighty man is a builder of men. David was like the, the Lord Jesus Christ, that who started with the, the fishermen, with the unschooled, with the illiterate, and at one point, if in us of, 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 of Apostles chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they marveled, they were astonished, and they took note of the fact that these men had been with Jesus. These men had been with Jesus. Their association with Jesus transformed coward, transformed the ordinary men, transformed illiterate into men who people could be astonished looking at them. And they knew that these men had been with Jesus. They knew that an encounter with Jesus led to an impartation. And in Acts of Apostles chapter 17 in verse 6, Acts of Apostles chapter 17 verse 6, let's look at it and you will see the comment that was made of this man who had been with Jesus. In chapter 4 verse 13, we are looking at this ordinary man this illiterate, this fisherman, this man who had never gone to school, this man who had no place in the society, who had suddenly been transformed into courageous, bold men, and that the Bible says, marvel, astonish the Sanhedrin, because they had been with Jesus. It is the being that is the school. An encounter with a person. Being in a person environment. Your environment is a school. And if you are the right teacher, people will come in your environment and something will happen in their lives. In Acts of Apostles chapter 17, verse 6, what was said about this man, this unschooled ordinary man? 
But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other brother before the city officials, shouting, This man who has caused the trouble all over the world. In another version, he said, This man who has turned the world upside down, the unschooled man, the illiterate, the, what nobody would want to. to the, the, the people who were. Uh, Amounted to nothing have become men who turned the world upside down because they had been with Jesus. They had encountered Jesus and the immediate presence of Jesus. The, the environment of Jesus was a school and Jesus was the teacher and something took place in their life. And that's the type of life that Took, what, what took place in the life of these men of David, this good for nothing of the society because they were with David. What happened? It was not a le some lesson in class. It was the building of men by impartation. When ordinary men come near a man and become extraordinary men, then that man is also an extraordinary man. When good for nothing come near a person and become good for everything, it is because of the quality of life that is in that man. And that's the ingredient for the training of men. It is what is within you that you can transfer to others, even without telling them. It is the inner quality in a person that changes the people that come near him. That's the greatest ingredient, that's the greatest weapon for the transformation of men. That which is in you, the spirit in you, that which has been imparted, that which has been deposited in you, is actually that which you use to transform people. It is not the sitting down in a classroom somewhere. Your environment becomes a school and then your life is actually that teacher. It is the transformation, the building of men by impartation so that the giant that a man is by other people coming close to him, they are equally transformed because of what his life is. So David built them by impartation. He built them by the transfer of who he was, the transfer of his loyalty, the transfer of his greatness, imparting it into their lives. Paul was able to say of Philemon, or of Onesimus uh, in the book of Philemon, verse 10 and 11, offer with us there. Just listen to what Paul said concerning this former slave. Paul said, I appeal to you for my son Odessimus, who became my son while I was in chain. Likely Paul and Onesimus found themselves in the same prison. Onesimus ran away from his master. And maybe he went and stole somewhere or committed another crime and landed in the same prison where Paul was, likely, and encountered the Lord Jesus Christ through Paul. That's why Paul said, who became my son while I was in chain? 
And in verse 11 say, formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useless, both useful, both to you and to me. I read that again. Formerly he was useless to you. So Onesimus form, formerly was useless, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. When a useless man comes in your environment and remains useless, it is because you are useless. When a useless man comes in your environment and becomes useful, it is because of who you are. So Onesimus encountered Paul in prison and this man became useful to Paul and useful to his master. Before his master called him useless Onesimus, this good-for-nothing slave, that was his name. But now he has become a son and he has become useful not only to Paul the apostle, but useful equally to his former master. The transformation of people, not because they sit under a theoretical uh, lesson, but because they encounter a man impartation of who you are into their life. Paul touched the man. Paul touched Onesimus. And the useless Onesimus became a useful Onesimus. Jesus touched the, the, this apostle. And these men on school, fearful, became men that were bold, that everybody could say they are like this because they have been with Jesus. These debtors, these criminals, encountered David. David touched them by his life. And as a result of that, they themselves became army generals. They themselves became great men because they met a great man. It is great men who transform others into other great men. When the people are around you and remain useless, don't blame them. Look at your own life. Your life is seen outwardly by the people you are building, by not just what you say you are. Because David was a general, he had the quality to change the bad men of the society also into generals. So David was able, by his relationship with these people, these debtors, these discontented criminals, able to transform them into army generals. And because David was a, a killer of giants, we equally see, if you look with us to Second Samuel, the book of Second Samuel, all of us know that David killed Goliath, a giant. But David was not the only one who killed a giant. The men of David, these men who associated themselves with David, equally became giant killers. Second Samuel chapter 21 from verse 15. Once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and Israel. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines. And he became exhausted. So at this time, David is tired. Verse 16. Ish, Ish Bibonet, one of the descendants of Rapha, whose brooms 
spearhead were 300 shekel and who was armed with a new sword said he would kill David. But Abishai, son of Zerah, came to David's rescue. He struck the Philistine down and killed him. Then David's men then David's men swore to him, say, Never again will you go out with us to battle so that the Lamb of Israel will not be extinguished. So we see Abishai here equally becoming a giant killer. Maybe before, weak, could not even walk to earn a living, boring from all over the place. Now Abisha is a giant killer. Verse 18. In the course of time, there was another battle with the Philistines at, at God. At that time, Sibical, the Hush by sight, killed Saf, one of the descendants of Rapha, another giant. One of David's men again here kills another giant. Verse 19. In another battle with the Philistines at God, El Hanan, son of Jare or Regim, the Betamites, killed Goliath, the Gittite, who had a spear with a shaft like a weaver's rod. In another battle, in still another battle which took place at Gath, there was a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in all. He also was descended from Rapha, when he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of Shemaiah, David's brother, killed him. These four were descendants of Rapha and God, and they fell at the hand of David and his men. The giant killer was able to produce other men who equally were giant killer. That is, by their association with a killer of giant, they became killers of giant. David killed a lion. We equally see one of his mighty men, Beniah, in Second Samuel chapter 23, verse 20. Beniah, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabz, who performed great exploit. He struck down two of Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. His association with a lion killer transformed him into a lion killer also. That is the building of men by association, the building of men by impartation. There are many other things of David's life. A writer was able to produce other writers of songs a singer producing other singers of songs. Look at who his son Solomon became. Writing so many proverbs, so many songs. He was, how did David build these people to become such great men from nothing? How did David build them? We have seen, number one, that he built them through impartation. He deposited who he was into their life. He deposited what he had into their life. By their relationship with him, there was a transfer. 
you are never the same when you associate with someone. You associate for good or for worse. It was building of men by impartation. David also built them by being a model. By his example, he could be able to say like Paul, be my own, my imitator. Paul could say, be my imitator as I imitate Christ. They could imitate David. He built them by providing a model that could be copied. What you do, what the leader does, others will do it also. What the leader does not do, other people, people will equally not do it. Let's look at an example of what David was and what other people equally became by imitation. What he did and what other became by imitation. So people are built not just in a classroom. People are built through the encounter of life, through association, through by the provision of an example that others can copy. David was a great giver and by his giving, he produced people who equally gave. First, First Chronicles chapter 29 from verse 1 up till 10. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man but for the Lord. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God gold for, for the gold work, silver for silver, bronze for bronze, iron for iron, and wood for wood, as well as onyx for the setting, turquoise, stones of various colors, and all kinds of fine stone, and marble, all these in large quantity. That was the giving of David. And in verse 3, David said, Beside in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God, over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple. 3,000 talents of gold, gold of Ophi, and 7,000 talents of refined silver, for the overlay of the walls of the buildings, for the gold work and the silver work, and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? The first thing David did was that he gave, and he gave everything. He provided an example, and having provided an example, he, he challenged others. He was asking, who is willing to imitate me? There are many people who have not done what is worthy being imitated. I want to challenge people to do things when they themselves are doing nothing. They want to challenge people to give to God when they themselves are not giving to God. Here David gave everything. And then David asked, who is willing to consecrate himself today. David was saying, consecration is not verbal. 
consecration is by action. And any consecrated man shows his consecration by his giving. In verse 6, then the leaders of the family, the official of the tribe of Israel, the commanders of the thousand and the commanders of hundred and the official in charge of the king's work gave willingly. David gave willingly and the other leaders equally gave willingly. David provided the model in giving and the, the other leaders, they followed his model. Verse 7. They gave towards the temple, towards the work of on the temple of God, five thousand talent and ten thousand darics of gold, ten thousand talent of silver and eighteen thousand talent of bronze and a hundred thousand talent of iron. Any who had precious stone gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jael, the Geshonite. Now the that's what the leaders did. But it did not end with the leaders. Verse 9. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders for they had given willingly and wholeheartedly to the Lord. The people, they were excited and definitely they equally followed and gave. Leaders build people by providing an example to be Copied. So David built people by prov the provision of an example, the provision of a model, so that what he did, other people labored to do it because they saw that their leader had done it. How did David build people? He built them by shepherding them. He was their shepherd. He was a shepherd of the people of God. David knew what it meant to be a shepherd. He had taken care of the animal and now he was taking care of God's people. No one can build people that the people that he has he does not have. You cannot build people you don't have. And no one can have people that he does not care has not cared for. It is the people you care for that you how you will have. And it's the people that you have that you will build. And why does why is it that some don't have people? They don't have people because they are so caught up with themselves. Nobody can have people unless he has cared for people, and nobody can care for people unless he has freed himself of his self-centeredness, always thinking about his own interests, always thinking about his family. From the moment you started, you start thinking about the interests of others and caring for them, you will soon have them. And as you have them, you will build them. So David cared for them. They stayed with him. He changed them and they went for him. They were able to go for David because David had also been, David cared for them. David went for them. David stood for them. No one can be an efficient builder of men unless he is equally willing to be their shepherd. You cannot be an efficient builder of men unless you are willing equally to care for them. It is a person who cares for people, who has that strong pastoral impact, caring for them, having a long-term interest over their lives, who will be able to have them for long. And then as you have them, you will change them. And as you change them, they will soon go equally for you and for the interest 
of the Lord. So David built them because he cared for them. He was able to have them. He was able to have them because he had given time to care for them. David built him. How did David build these people? David challenged them. David was able to challenge them to do exploit. He challenged them. In First Chronicles chapter 11, from verse 4, David and all Israel marched to Jerusalem, that is Jebus. The Jebusite who lived there said to David, you will not get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, the city of David. Verse 6, David has said, whoever leads the attack on the Jebusite will become the commander-in-chief. In chief, Joab, son of Zeroah, went up first and so he received the command. David favored no one. You To become the commander-in-chief, you needed to be the one at the forefront to lead the battle. So David challenged them, your work will promote you. He was not the one who gave people just because uh, promotion because he preferred them. He challenged them. And he rewarded them. He rewarded them by the promotion that he gave to them. David was equally able to build them because he took them along for difficult and risky missions. He could go right into the camp of the, the, the opponent of the, 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 the enemy's army. Asking anyone who want to go with him. He took some along with him for risky mission. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ could do. There were moments that he would take three with him. In those difficult moments, he would take these three. And those three become special apostles built because to a special level by what they saw the master dream. He went to battle with them. David built them by going to battle with them. They saw him fight and they learned to do it by seeing him. So David built men by the impartation of who he was into their own lives, David built men transferring that which had been deposited in his inside into their lives. You cannot build men when you have nothing in the inside. Finally, the people will build will resemble you build will resemble you. He built the men by providing an example for them to copy. He built the men because he gave time to take care of them, to have them, so that these good-for-nothing people were able to stay with him until he transformed them into army commanders, into field marshal generals. He built them by challenging them to do great things. He built them 
by taking them along with him for risky missions. He built them by rewarding them. He built them by encouraging them. He built them by recognizing them. He built them because he was goal-directed in his relationship with them. He knew what he wanted out of them. By having people, you can transform them to become great men, great women who have a great place in the purposes of God. It is not just a gathering of people and leaving them the way you met them. It is a gathering of what Paul would say of Enesimus, formerly useless, but now useful, not only to one person, but to everybody. Formerly, the type of people that nobody wants to associate with, and transforming them into the type of people that everyone wants to associate with. Taking them, fearful as they are, illiterate as they are, and transforming them into men and women who will do exploit for the Lord. David build men. We can build men. We should build men. We must build men. Go and build men. Be what you ought to be and God will use you to begin to transform the life of those, lives of those who come in your immediate environment through impartation, through your life becoming a model. Go and take care of the people so that you can have them long enough for them even to be changed. Do not be the type of person who drives away the people just because they have failed. Failures can become the army commanders tomorrow if only they meet the right person. Be the right person that people will meet and their life will never be the same. Let us build men. They are of critical importance for the accomplishment of the purposes of God. God bless you.